The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 70 The Story of Ajax, Captain of the Cavalry, 1865, June 20th, Reno, Nevada. Lieutenant, please take a seat. Ajax sat in a chair facing Colonel Halderman's desk. The colonel removed a file from the drawer and set it on the desk, sliding it over towards Ajax. I have read your report, and I understand your concerns. The Reaper was a nightmare for all of us, and I'm certain your heart is in the right place. No one wants to think a monster like that is still hunting down cavalry officers. But I assure you, Jonathan Perdue was the Reaper, and he is dead. Sir, did you read my report? I said I read it, and I had your concerns investigated. You'll find the result of those investigations in this folder. Sir, the uniform... The commander's uniform, that would have been Jonathan's, was found in the cabin that was reported to be his. It was abandoned there, along with many other personal effects. We believe the blood-stained private's uniform was a scare tactic. It was a private's uniform, because that way he could keep his own clean. It had to belong to an accomplice, someone who attacked the fort while he was locked in. Investigators at the fort proved that there was no forced entry. The doors were secure. All of the fighting came from within. The only person who could have done that was Jonathan Perdue. He could have had someone with him. They would have been included in the captain's report when he was arrested, but he was alone. What about a son or some other soldier that left the South with him? Our Pinkerton spies in the South have reported that Jonathan Perdue disappeared from his unit alone. They assure us he was on his own, and he had no son, his wife having passed. His only remaining family is a daughter who is lost somewhere in the South. The Pinkertons assume she is married and living under another name, if she survived. Maybe it was her at the fort. Are you suggesting his daughter killed 30 men? On her own. No, but maybe she helped get him free and he did it. Then that would make him the Reaper, and the Reaper is dead. But she would be an accomplice. I don't think the cavalry has anything to worry about from some misplaced southern belle. And even if this were true, without her father, she's of no concern or threat. He killed 13 men with 12 bullets. Our investigation cannot rule out friendly fire. In the excitement and the panic, mistakes have been known to happen. That is too many coincidences. I just feel this isn't the end. We have been patient with you, but I want to assure you this is over. The case on the Reaper is closed, and to ease the mind of the other soldiers, we would like you to stop sending in reports like this. You're ordering me to stop investigating. You're not a detective. You're an assistant to our doctor. And yes, this is an order. Stop trying to find a phantom. Everyone wants this to be over, and you are keeping it alive. There must be someone I can talk to. There must be somebody I can appeal to their reason. If it will make you feel better, fill out a report one more time. 
Make it as detailed as you can. Send it to this address. Taking a scrap of paper, the colonel wrote quickly down an address. He set it on top of the folder. In Boston? There's a retired general there. He's well-respected, and he will look over your papers. I don't guarantee anything, but if he thinks your story has merit, he will send it along and ensure that someone listens. The colonel smiled, a little too broadly, and Ajax felt nervous, but he took the folder and the scrap of paper off the desk. You're dismissed, lieutenant. Yes, sir. A week later, Ajax sent his revised and detailed report to the address he had been given. A month after that, he received this letter. Lieutenant Ajax, I have received your submission and believe it has merit, but it will need some revision. I know it would seem the most important thing in telling a story is to ensure that all the facts of the events are listed in order as they happened. But this isn't a story. That's just a bunch of things. A story should convey emotion. It should put the reader in the shoes of the protagonist. It should convey not just a list of the events, but it should give the person who read the story an emotional context. They need to be able to feel what it felt like to live through it. Having said this, I want you to rewrite your manuscript. Try writing it from the first-person perspective of the character of Captain Ajax. I want to encourage you to continue. I know how hard it is to be starting out, and I have sympathy for those young writers who have been through the wars. So please, don't be discouraged. Your friend, General Barrister. The story, thought Ajax. What did the story matter? They should be able to understand through the facts. Okay, one more try. Ajax returned to his tent, and at night he began to write what he thought of as the story of Ajax, captain of the cavalry. He tried to keep it factual, while still honoring and respecting the man that he knew as his father. He wrote about Tombstone and everything he knew about Lucy and his father's death. If they need emotional context, he thought, this would be it. This would show why the Reaper, the real Reaper, needs to be found and brought to justice. It took him two weeks, but he was happy with it. He sent it to Boston. Six months later, he received it back with this note. Lieutenant Ajax, this is much better, and it's almost where it needs to be. But in order to sell it to people higher up in the company, I need you to make the following changes. 1. The character of Lucy. Please change her religion from spiritualist to Christian. Also, does she have a last name? 2. Imply that there was some sort of relationship between Ajax and Lucy. Readers like it better if there's a romance involved. 3. Don't kill off Ajax. The story has the potential for sequels if the main character isn't killed, and the upper management would be more interested in a serial than a one-time novel. 4. The Reaper needs to suffer for his crimes. We cannot have a villain get away with their evil. Everyone likes to see the bad guy get taken down. But you don't have to kill him off. Having him come back as a reoccurring villain in later adventures could be a hook that will entice readers. I know that this will mean starting over for you, but I think the story will catch on well here in the East. 
The big cities out here cannot get enough of the tales of the West kind of thing. Give it one more shot, and I promise, whatever you come up with, I will try to push through the brass here in Boston. Your friend, General Barrister. Lies, thought Ajax. How could it help to write lies? Would they be more willing to listen if I did as he asked? The letter would imply that they would not send the report along if the changes were not made, but the reaper is still out there. That was the whole point. My father is dead, Lucy is missing, the reaper is alive and well, and if I were to alter those facts, what good would the report do? What's most important is to get the story to them. And if this is the only way, then this is the only way, he decided. I will tell them the whole story and the truth when I have their attention. So Ajax began to write again. Some of the changes were easy. Nobody who knew her, or in any of the reports he could find, did Lucy have a last name. So at several points in the novel, he simply wrote Miss Lucy, implying that Lucy was her last name. Who knows? Maybe it was. Although a relationship between the two of them? That didn't have any basis in the truth. Although they did live in the fort together for a while, and traveled to Tombstone mostly alone, everyone he had talked to, and the reports that had come from Ajax before his death, would imply that he hated Lucy. And everything he could find from Lucy would imply that she was indifferent towards the captain. There was never a romance between them. Writing this would be the first outright lie Ajax would tell. He knew it wasn't true, but he wrote it anyways to sell the story. The second lie he had to tell was to remove the death of his father. This was hard for him. The point was to tell the story of the man who had killed him, so that the man could be brought to justice. Implying that Ajax lived would lessen that impact. He wrote it anyways. The upper brass knew of his father's death. So, would this lie help bring it to light? The last request was to have the reaper suffer for his crimes. This was the hardest. And to Ajax, it seemed like the most counterproductive. One more lie, he thought. There have been so many now. One more wouldn't hurt that much, right? After Ajax defeats the reaper in the new version... The devil rescues him and takes him to hell. That way, he gets punished, but the devil lets him go to continue to do his bidding. Ajax set down his pen. He picked up the manuscript and read it over. Now it was all lies. What good would it do if it was passed along now? How could this help find the real reaper? He read it again. He had to admit it was entertaining. And in a way, he hoped regardless of the lies, it honored his father's memory a man he saw as a true hero of the West. Before he could talk himself out of it, he packed it up, set the address on it, and sent it to Boston. Two months later, he received this letter, along with a contract and a check for $100. Lieutenant Ajax, I am happy to inform you that we will be publishing your story. Enclosed is a check for $100 and a contract. Please sign it and send it back as quick as you can. Your story will appear first as a serial in the New York Times, the Boston Bugle, and I have a friend interested in it from the London Times, with whom I'm still negotiating, but it looks good. 
The story will then be printed full and distributed to bookstores across the East Coast. We have changed the title to The Adventures of Ajax, Captain of the Calvary, and we hope this is the first of many novels from you. We would like you to keep writing and hope to have another story of Ajax in six months. Congratulations, I knew you could do it. Your friend, General Barrister. Fiction. A novel? Who was General Barrister? Ajax left the check, the note, and the contract on his desk. He ran to find Colonel Halderman. He publishes fiction. Ajax yelled. Lieutenant, I can see you're upset, but you will treat me with respect. Next time you barge into my tent, I expect you to say, He publishes fiction, sir. Sir, I'm sorry, sir. General Barrister publishes fiction? You told me he would send my story up the chain of command, where it would be listened to. No, Lieutenant, I did not. I told you he would send it along and ensure that someone listens. And that he will, if he finds it has merit as the fiction it is. Colonel Halderman was laughing. Also, I told you he was retired. What made you think he retired to the army? What did he say? Did he just throw it out? No, he bought it. No shit. No shit. Congratulations, Ajax. It seems like you have a career lined up when you're done with the army. I'm not a fiction writer. Well, one of the biggest publishing houses in Boston seems to disagree. So what is there to complain about? You got your story told? He probably even paid you for it. You should thank me. You lied to me. You should thank me, Lieutenant. That's an order. Thank you, sir. You're welcomed. You're dismissed. Yes, sir. Ajax returned to his tent. He went to his desk and sat down. He held up the check, studying with suspicion. He put it back down and picked up the contract. He read through it, but he was not good at what he called lawyer-speak, and assumed that they were probably screwing him over in one way or another. But they had paid him, so he would trust them. He signed the contract, and tomorrow he would send it to Boston. Another story. He thought of all the stories his father had told him, all the adventures his father had had before he had joined the army. What would it hurt now? And another hundred dollars would be nice. Ajax pulled out his pen, his inkwell, and a fresh sheet of paper. Eleven years, and twenty novels later, Lieutenant Ajax was called back to Colonel Halderman's office, now tucked into the back of a large fort in South Texas. Inside his office stood Agamemnon, Philocides, and two other lieutenants. Well... If it isn't Ajax, Captain of the Cavalry. Please have a seat. Sir, I'm not a captain, I'm just a lieutenant. My father was a captain, and he's dead. It's him I wrote the stories about. Just sit down and we'll explain what we want from you. Colonel Halderman pointed to the chair across from his desk. Ajax sat down nervously as he looked around the room at the other men standing and staring down at him. Did you hear about what happened to the 7th Cavalry? Sir, do you mean Little Bighorn? Well, after Custard's little debacle, 
There are some politicians questioning our methods and our place in the West. It's important for us to ensure them that this is not a time to remove the cavalry or cut our budget. It's time to increase our efforts so that we may continue to do the heroic work of civilizing the Western territories. Do you understand what I'm saying? You want the bigwigs in Washington to like you so they don't take away your money. Very astute. Where do I come in? Your stories are being read across the East, and in Europe. You have made a hero out of a man we no longer have. Captain Ajax, as you said, has passed. But you are alive. We want to send you to Washington. Shake hands, sign your books, talk about the West and how savage the land is, and how it still needs the cavalry. We will give you a promotion, Captain Ajax. And, if people misunderstand and think that your stories were about you, what harm is in their misunderstanding? They can go on believing your stories to be true, and believing that they met THE Ajax, Captain of the Cavalry. I'm a surgeon, a doctor. I'm not a gunslinger. I hardly ever get on my horse. Have you met Mark Boland? He was in the same unit as you back in Carson City. No, I haven't. Mark agreed to teach you how to be, shall we say, more frontiersman. He is a gunslinger, with some bit of a reputation. You've never heard of the Carson City Viper? No, should I have? I would think so, said Colonel Halderman. Why? asked Ajax. Because I really did kill the Reaper, replied Philocedes. No one killed the Reaper. He's still alive. No, he's not, replied Philocedes. Gentlemen, that is a debate for another time. Right now, let's stay on topic. The Viper will teach you how to walk and talk like a gunslinger. Then, I need you to go charm a few politicians, and you will find yourself not only a captain for real this time, but a legend of the West, even if it is of your own making. And if someone should ask about the Reaper? He's dead. That is an order. I know what you believe, but he is dead, and I don't want it brought back up again. I understand. Then you'll do it. I'll do it. Wonderful. Report to the quartermaster. They have a special uniform made just for you. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. <laughs>